Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. My name is Mariah Muhammad, writer at Becker's Healthcare, and today we'll be discussing how alerts in the EHR system may help bridge the 17-year gap between publication of evidence-based guidelines and consistent implementation and practice by healthcare providers. We are thrilled to be joined by Dr. Ralph Riolo and Dr. Nihar Desai. Before we get started, Dr. Riolo and Dr. Desai, can you please share a bit more about yourself, starting with you, Dr. Riolo? Certainly, yeah. So my name is Ralph Riello. I'm a clinical pharmacy specialist uh, that's been working uh, with the Unleavened Health System for over a decade um, and, and tra transitioned a few uh, years ago over to the School of Medicine to partner with uh, some wonderful cardiologists like Nihar on, on some exciting trials like Prompt Lipid. Perfect. Thank you very much. And then Dr. Desai? Sure. Uh, Nihar Desai. I'm a cardiologist here at the Yale School of Medicine and vice chief of cardiology here. And um, also very interested in implementation science and doing pragmatic clinical trials, which we're really excited to talk about um, today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again so much for joining us today to the both of you. And Dr. Desai, if I could ask you the first question, for those tuning in who may have not seen the featured presentation at the American Heart Association Conference, can you please explain the objective of the prompt lipid trial and summarize the key findings for us? Sure, Mariah, delighted to. So, Prompt Lipid was really designed to evaluate whether automated electronic alerts with guideline-based recommendations could help to improve the management of hyperlipidemia among patients with established cardiovascular disease at very high risk for cardiovascular events. And what we were very excited to see in this trial of about 100 providers and over 2,000 patients is a significant increase in the use of evidence-based lipid-lowering therapies. In fact, we saw that those providers who received this decision alert were about 40% more likely to intensify lipid-lowering therapy. And then amongst the subset of providers who sort of more favorably interacted with the alert, we saw a more than two-fold increase in the use of evidence-based lipid-lowering therapies. Wonderful, yeah, thank you so much for that background information. Now. Dr. Riolo, the prompt lipid research team felt strongly that patients with very high risk atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease would make for a compelling population to test an innovative approach to quality improvement. Can you explain why that is? Yes, it certainly can, uh, Mariah. And that patients with atherosclerosis uh, cardiovascular uh, disease or ASCVD, um, we know that their, their LD, um, LDL cholesterol, LDLC, is, has been a critical modifiable risk factor um, for their disease that, that we as providers can control. And in lipid lowering therapy, particularly intensive lipid lowering therapy for this high risk patient population, it's been recommended by, by clinical practice guidelines for years. Um, however, the evidence practice gap between what the guidelines say we should be doing and the therapies our patients actually receive in, in real world practice um, is vast. Um, only about half of patients with ASCVD are actually prescribed any statin whatsoever in the United States. Um, and fewer than a quarter of these patients are, are even prescribed uh, the appropriately recommended high intensity statin. So as it currently stands, sort of passive diffusion of these guidelines um, to to our providers and uh, to make sure that these therapies reach patients um, just really isn't enough. And, and clinical inertia really um, you know, prevents our providers from, from passing on these therapies to patients. Um, so, so we were hoping that the CHR alert might do something to change that. 
Yes, thank you for those insights, Dr. Riolo. Dr. Desai, of the many EHR alerts that fire every day for clinicians using the electronic health record system, very few are ever subject to thorough evaluation after they're deployed. What prompted your research team to go through the extra effort? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think, as you heard from Ralph, that there was a real sense of urgency that our team felt that, you know, patients with high-risk atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease really needed intensification of their lipid-lowering therapy. We thought that an alert like this that was real-time, that was targeted and tailored, um, would be helpful to providers, but we were committed to actually testing it in a very rigorous way, to actually define and determine whether an alert like this would actually do the things that we wanted it to do. And again, we were very pleased with um, the results of Prompt Lipid that really, again, showed um, the benefits of an alert like this to improve the quality of care for our patients with very high-risk ASCVD. Yeah, and to, to dovetail off Nihar's point there as well, I think all too often when uh, when health systems look to implement alerts like these in the in electronic health record, um, very rarely are they ever actually you know formally studied in a in a prospective fashion, let alone even a randomized controlled trial. And and you know I think the consequence of that is is you know contributes to alert fatigue. Many of these alerts, you know, as important as they may be, tend to get an, uh, ignored. You know, for instance, we're 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 in deep flu season right now. Uh, I can't even tell you how many charts I've opened up just to get pinged with these alerts that, that I know most of our clinicians click through. So, so it's important to understand in a, in a well-controlled setting how these alerts actually perform and, and you know, do what they're intended to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. And it seems that that, that really did pay off, thankfully. Um, if I can come back to you, actually, Dr. Riolo, the providers uh, surveyed in both the Prompt HF and Prompt Lipid trials seemed to view the alert quite favorably and often accepted the recommendations as suggested. What about your team's approach enabled that user finding what you say? <laughs> yeah, Mariah, that was a really good point. Um, um, that might have been one of the most surprising things I think that we came away with. Um, uh, some of the results from our, our various prompt studies for them and prompt lipids uh, certainly notwithstanding. Um, I, I think it has to do with our secret sauce, and and that's that's engaging our you know highest volume cardiology stakeholders upfront and and early in that process. You know, give them a seat at the table, listen to them. Uh, you know, engage them. You know, recruit them for feedback. And and we actually had a, a couple separate focus groups with with you know, the busiest, um, you know, lipid lowering therapy prescribers to make sure, you know, these are the ones in the front lines of healthcare doing the work that, that we think is important and, and that we want to see more of. So, you know, by asking them for their input on not just the build of the alert, but, you know, when it should fire, what the order set should look like, what labs should display. Um, we felt like, you know, their input was, was incredibly valuable to make sure we designed something that was user-friendly for the people who would actually use it and by the people that used it. Cause, cause sure, you know, Nihar and I have you know, spent our careers caring for cardiovascular patients, but, but we want to ask what others think about that too, to make sure that, you know, it, it, it helps facilitate their clinical workflow rather than hinder it in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure everyone feels heard is definitely essential for these types of trials. And Dr. Desai, if I could ask you, Alert fatigue is a pressing concern for many frontline clinicians and may have consequences for patient safety as well as contribute to provider pay, uh, burnout. How did the prompt lipid trial help address this barrier? Yeah, it's a great question and a great point. And I'll, I'll build on much of what Ralph you know, just started to discuss about the design of the alert. And so alert fatigue is a real concern. I think all of us you know, practicing on the front lines 
are are loath to get additional alerts, you know, especially those that interrupt or interfere, um, you know, with with direct clinical workflow. And I think one of the things that we did, you heard about from Ralph, was we engaged frontline providers and said, hey, what, what do you want to see? What should the alert look like? Um, what time in your clinical encounter should it fire? I think the other thing that we did was very helpful was we brought and pulled information from the medical record that might otherwise take two, three, four other clicks and actually brought that into the alert. And, and I think the final piece of it is that we made the alert pretty easy to interact with, that if you wanted to do the right thing, if you wanted to open the order set, that the orders were actually embedded within the alert itself. Um, and so that that step from interacting with the alert to then doing the right thing was about as simple and straightforward as could be. And so I think you know, many of the in secret ingredients, as, as Ralph calls them, um, <laughs> you know, kind of you know, get, getting the engagement of, of clinicians up front um, really thinking deep about, you know, what the alert itself looks like, pulling information into it, and then embedding ordering capability within the alert to really make it a very seamless experience. So that at least I hope, you know, gives you a sense of what we were trying to do to try and overcome that kind of intrinsic fear that everyone has about alert fatigue. Yeah, and, and I think another point to add on there, there near, or at least to emphasize again, because I, I think it's so important, is that the, the alert only fires when the patient has, you know, a low hanging fruit, you know, guideline recommended, but not yet implemented um, change with their therapy. So, you know, it, the alert's not going to suggest them to do something that would be duplicative or, you know, the patient's already on a statin. Why is this telling me to prescribe another one? Um, it, it's really just a meaningful, easy change at the point of care only when it's indicated for the patient. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much to, to both of you for that information. Dr. Rilo, before I let you both go, I must ask, now that the prompt lipid trial is completed, what are the next steps for your research team to further explore opportunities on these findings? Yeah, great question, right? We always need to look beyond sort of our own house um, to, to, to make sure that we can then extrapolate these findings to, to other systems as well. And, and I think the, the, the prompt research team at, at Citra definitely has some big plans for that. Um, for, for one, this, uh, the pump lipid trial was conducted exclusively at the Unleven Health System and the outpatient uh, clinics, uh, both cardiology and medicine. Um, but we would certainly like to see you know, how this you know, study performs beyond our own you know, neighborhood, beyond our community, um, and expand that to, to other interested sites. Um, additionally, the, the study only took place um, on, on Epic as our EHR platform across Yale. Um, but certainly wouldn't it be nice if, if we could expand that to other EHR platforms as well. It's not sort of pigeonhole ourselves just to one particular EHR platform and make it more interoperable for other sites that, that may be using different ones. Um, and, you know, expand it to, to other clinical settings, you know, maybe focus on primary care or endocrine. Where we know a lot of these patients, um, you know, may also frequently see providers as well. Yeah, and I, I, I might just add, you know, I think there's a lot of important work ahead, and I think we're very excited to build on the results of Prompt um, and Prompt Lipid to then, you know, think about what else can be done. I mean, I think, Mariah, you very nicely kind of said right at the front of, you know, how do we bridge the gap between evidence and practice? How do we shorten that time from when things go into the guidelines and they are actually received by patients? And so I think there's a lot of work to do. Um, and we're really excited to build on, you know, the exciting results from Prompt Lipid. Absolutely. And I'm also excited to hear back on what you find. 
Um, and I want to thank both of you, Dr. Riello and Dr. Desai, for your time and thought-provoking conversation today. We also want to thank our podcast sponsor, Amgen. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com slash podcast. Thank you both again.